When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Uh, Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Welcome, everyone, to another Halloween-themed edition of the main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first co-host, lifelong wrestling fan and figure collector. I am Troy Adams, and with me today is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the patriot to my Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Give your stars and stripes up for Greg. What's up? Cool. No one hates me. Bagwell's oh, a hater, yeah. so I'm good. I know, ladies and gentlemen, you may have seen the title of the episode, Halloween Havoc 1994. Well, for the first time in the podcast, in in the long handful of months that we've been doing this podcast, I kept teasing, we're going to do 1993, 1993. We looked at the card, we were like, ah, it looks presentable, we'll do 1993. And we gathered news and notes, we sat down, we actually recorded the show, and both Greg and I were like, eh, no. I may release, like, our actual event review as a bonus sometime in the future, but it just, I don't know. I wasn't satisfied with it. What about you? I was not. I feel like even with a bad show, at least I can have fun. Yeah. Um, this show is just boring. Yeah. Halloween like, Havoc 1993. Yeah, I mean, like the UWF thing was like, it was crap, but like I had fun. And it was, yeah, it was, this it was, was funny. Like, huh. 
yeah, it was funny. And there was a lot of things to throw in there to be like, wow, yeah, this happened, that happened, so-and-so said this, this happened afterwards. Halloween Havoc 93, there was some stuff, but the, I mean, the biggest story of the time is that Hogan was not, he was doing movies, he was talking about maybe working for Turner at some point, or doing his own thing. That was it. And the news and notes is like our favorite part of the show, because you kind of take a look back, and you said it was a stroll down memory lane for you, if it's a time when, you know, you were actually paying attention. But, you know, the, the, the news and notes were just kind of scarce. The event itself was just like boring and blah. I don't know. I think we had fun, as much fun as we could have with the show itself. But, I mean, not to give it a the match on the show that most people praised. Yeah. So it just, I don't know. There there was, there wasn't a whole meat on the bone. And Greg told me right off the bat, before we even started recording, he was like, I think we should call an audible. I said, well, let's just do it anyway. And we did it. And I messaged him later. I said, I was not happy with that podcast. So we changed it up. We talked about it. I said, I still want to do a Halloween Havoc. So we're going one year into the future to 1994. Hulk Hogan is not talking about working for Turner. He's actually working for Turner at this point. And I actually dug up quite a bit of news and notes from that time. So Make I think no we're mistake. Gonna... They were all working for Hogan, but. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, it worked for him, brother. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, I think we uh, should transition here into the into our uh, what I already teased was our favorite segment of the show. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Now, back to our program. I think it's time for the news and notes. Are you ready to get into all this? Sure. I okay. got a better feeling about this. Well, you know, it's 1994. Obviously, the stipulation of the main event, stipulation, bro, or as Eric Bischoff refers to it, the stakes, were it was a retirement match. It was for the title and retirement. Or if anybody yeah. listened. It's going to be so sad to see one of these guys gone forever after this. Gone forever, gone forever bro. <laughs> I can't believe it. After this match, one of them's gone. Yeah, we'll never see them ever wrestle again. Leave the memories alone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of... If anybody goes back in the archives, uh, back to August, we covered Road Wild 1999, the last Road Wild ever in Sturgis. It was a retirement match between, again, Hulk Hogan, not to spoil this match, but, you know, Hulk Hogan was in it, and Kevin Nash, also for the world title, by the way. So same steps, just no cage. Uh, they were instead of surrounded by steel cage, they were surrounded by steel horses. You don't like that one? Yeah, no. that was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, but that uh, you know, and and we had teased uh, from uh, a Mark Madden line that it was not a retirement match; it was a loser takes time off match. I actually and, like that. Kind of give the guy that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, as much as I can crap on uh, Mark Madden all day long, which I will, the dirty, dirty Steelers fan. I mean, the, you know, he he has his moments where he's funny, and that one was true. This was also a loser-takes-time-off match. Not to spoil everything, but it's 2020, people. Come on now. But while we're talking about retirements, there's a much bigger retirement than Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair in the works right here in 1994. And this one was legit, Greg. The no, Rojo... no, if you tell me it's Terry Funk, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> no, even better. 
the Rougeau wrestling dynasty comes to an end once and for all on October 21st when Jacques Rougeau retires after a match with Pierre at the Montreal Forum. I'm sorry, you just said the Rougeau dynasty. I just like a moment to make fun well, of that, please. <laughs> I know it's easy to make fun of if anybody watched American television and knows knows the Rougeau brothers and all that, you know. But on the other hand, uh, for those of you that don't know, Jacques Rougeau Sr. was a, a, a legend in Canada, and Jacques Rougeau Jr., a.k.a. the Mountie, was a big deal. And from everything I read, Jacques went on, like, a mini tour of Canada for his retirement with Pierre, and they were, like, selling places out up there. Because apparently the best thing you can see in Montreal is the Mountie versus the Pirate. <laughs> hold on, hold on. What What were they selling out? I mean, it was, like, mid-sized venues, but... I don't think it was. They weren't like gigantic arenas or nothing. And who was so on the undercard? Uh, I don't know. They didn't specify. I so think I'm not, not going to buy any of this. They sold out things by themselves. Hell no. Yeah. I, mean, I, I get that they're big nah. in Montreal, but. Well, Canada's different. Like, it's 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 a weird. I don't know. And, and I'm well, not no, even out. Canadians will tell you Montreal is not Canada. It's a little province. Well, yeah, there, there's, for those that don't know, and I'm yeah. not going to pretend to know like, from firsthand experience, but there's Canada, and then there's French Canada. It's kind of like how, like, the running joke that Canada, uh, Alaska is not part of America, it's up there with Canada. It's like, yeah, yeah they're, well, they're us, but they're not us. I think that's what people well, say about Montreal, so. And again, not the single places out, but it's like, for, for anybody that wants a, an American comparison, I know you just said Alaska, which is, yeah, very true. That and Hawaii, the culture yeah. is very different in Hawaii. And, I mean, even here in, on uh, the, the mainland, that's like, you know, oh, well, I thought you guys did such and such. You know, you say that to a northerner and they're like, oh, that's that's the south. Or, you know, in the south, you say something. They're like, oh, that they do that in the north. It's, it's very it, people don't realize when you go from the north to the south or the south to the north, it's like a completely different country almost. Same laws, much different culture. So, but yeah, so that's that's a little geography, whatever, getting off on that with the Rougeaus. I never thought we'd branch off into difference between French Canada and Canada with this story. But there you have it. Speaking of uh, this this match that we're going to be talking about, though, Ric Flair is insisting that after he retires, he's done, finished, never coming back. <laughs> Ironically, this was never WCW's intention, as the whole thing was designed for, from the start as a way to give him leave for about six months and then return triumphantly as Hulk Hogan's tag team partner, flip pop an even bigger number. I don't think that ever happened. He was leaving for six months? Supposedly, this this is the what was written. But I, I don't know. I mean, if you listen to Eric Bischoff in his podcast talking about this, he flat out said, yeah, no, no, we never had an intention of Rick retiring yeah, forever. I think he's gone for only for a couple of months. Yeah. And he never returned as a babyface Hulk Hogan's partner. So that didn't happen. I don't remember how he returned. He returned because Hogan and Macho Man were sick of all of his, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. They begged for him to come back and then they gave him the Macho Man. I believe it was in a cage at Bash of the Beach. I oh, maybe he was gone for over six months, but he was back before the six months. Maybe the man well, he was just not going to wrestle for six months. But well, he wasn't back officially because I can't remember which event it was in 1995. I remember he popped up for the first couple of times. He was just sitting in the crowd with with women, and the Macho Man decided. And and this was before Flair interfered or did anything. And Macho Man sees him in the crowd and decides, "F you," and like they just start jawjacking. And then it let it led into uh, him versus Macho Man for the better part of 1995. Because I, I I remember all of that, and then him Rick Flair dressing in drag and interfering in Hogan versus Vader. So that's a story for a different time. But oh, I definitely want to talk about that. 
He, everybody should. You know, how are we going to bring Ric Flair back in the fold? I know. He'll dress as a woman and interfere in Vader versus Hogan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Am I a pretty girl? No. I always like yourself. I always liked uh, Tony Schiavone. I, I think it was Tony Schiavone talking about, you know, you could never hide Ric Flair because like, you got that big beak popping out. It's yep. unmistakable. Like he, yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, okay, he's not incorrect. He's wrong, but he's not incorrect. And speaking of, the, again, the, a lot of these stories are centered around this match and how ridiculous the and, like, unbelievable the stipulation was. Advertisements were sent out a week before Halloween Havoc to the major cable companies listing the main event for Starcade as Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. That would have been a way better show than what we actually got. But I uh, disagree, but whatever. <laughs> which we'll get into. On the show. But yeah, um... I know what you always say. Well, card subject to change. I get that. And that hold, it does hold a lot of water, except in this case, because they're building up, one of these men will retire at this event and be gone forever. By the way, three what? months from now, gone forever, bro. But, but they say that, and then three months from now, by the way, they'll both be back main eventing Starcade. Like, what? That's not card subject to change. That's what the hell are you doing with your advertising? That's card subject to bowl. <laughs> yeah. LOL, WCW. That's so WCW. Yeah. Or what was that one road dog? Oh, uh, WCW ruins everything. <laughs> yeah, I like that. My gosh, this was just stupid. Nobody nobody knew what the hell they were doing. And if you listen to Bischoff talking about, well, you know, why, why do this and that and whatever, and the advertisement was never right because it had to go out so many months in advance, which is why if you look at Hogwild 1990, or wait, uh, Hogwild was 96? Which one? The, Oh, the Hogwild? Yeah, 96. 90, okay. There's a certain one. That's yeah, right. the there's, first... only, there's only one Hogwild, that's right. Right, yeah, after that it was Road Wild because they got sued, but or threatened of lawsuit. But either way, uh, if if you listen, or or if you look at the advertisements for Hogwild 1996, it was two months after Hulk Hogan switched heel and, and formed the NWO and whatever. On the cover of the Hogwild advertisements, he's still a smiling baby face in his red and yellow riding his custom motorcycle. And Bischoff said, well, it was too late. We couldn't send out new advertisement. I, I don't believe that, but whatever. I think he's trying to make excuses for their, the, the incompetence of their advertisement. <laughs> Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair were both supposed to appear on the NFL game between the Vikings and the Packers on TNT, with Flair doing a live promo. Wow, NFL on TNT. Yeah, Sounds right? Weird. I know, I didn't even know that was a thing. That, that shows how, old, how long ago that was. Uh, but Flair was supposed to be doing a live promo, but then the producers killed the plan at the last minute and cut Flair out completely, not even showing him on the sidelines, and moved Hogan's interview to 30 minutes into the post-game show when no one was even watching. Wow. This was another case, I mean, if, in my opinion, this reeks of what Bischoff and many people have talked about, where it's like Turner Broadcasting... I, Ted Turner was the only one who didn't want to completely bury WCW. Everybody else wanted to just, like, look, we own it, but we don't want anybody to know we own it. Like, it's just bury it there, the wrestlers, get them the hell out of here. <laughs> I mean, it's to the point here where they're burying Hulk Hogan. Hot at this point, he was the most popular wrestler in the history of the business. So they weren't on TNT yet either, so, so I'm telling oh, they, you, they didn't, they didn't have to have respect for him yet. Right. I feel, about a year away. Well, and this was just asinine anyway, because it just, it, it goes back to, I can't remember which show it was in the archives, one of our 1989 shows, uh, if you go back and listen, where they were doing like a, a live read advertisement during a, a Braves game, 
and nobody knew anything about WCW or NWA or whatever the hell. They didn't even know who the champion was, nothing. They were just like rambling, oh yeah, there's a uh, wrestling going on on this channel, I, I guess. <laughs> and they didn't like, they're like, uh, and I think they named Hulk Hogan or something like that. And it's like, oh my gosh. And they said the people like Jim Hurd and people in WCW were just like furious about this. They're like, what the hell is going on? Like, you're talking about our wrestling show that's on your network and you don't even know anything about it. It's just in pure. Well, I don't think it's in their contract that they have to watch the network. <laughs> well, no, but if you're going to talk about it, at least sound like you know what the hell you're talking about. You know? I or just, wrote the notes wrong. Or, or didn't write the notes. They're like, hey, talk about wrestling. Uh, 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 Hulk Hogan wrestles. He says, brother. Still chairs. Titles. Yeah. Uh, Paul Orndorff held, once held so many titles, he couldn't carry them all. Good lord, shut up. <laughs> uh, throwback to our last Halloween Havoc. Anyway. All right, well, it's official that WrestleMania is going to be in Hartford for WrestleMania 11. Oh, man. And what a show that would be, Greg. Because when I think of, like, great cities for WrestleMania, I think of Hartford, Connecticut. Well, yeah. <laughs> I like how... Uh, <laughs> I like uh, how... Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Pritchard flat out said that was just because they want an easy travel and set up because it was right there. <laughs> and he said it was technically the New York market, which it is. It's within an hour driving distance of NYC, so... I get it. You know what's within, like, 20 seconds of NYC? MSG. What? Well, yeah. Why couldn't they do it back-to-back? They've done it before. Not with MSG, but at WrestleMania. So, they probably wanted to, and I'm just fishing for excuses, they probably wanted to keep MSG, quote-unquote, special, so don't abuse going there. I don't know. So, Lawrence Taylor, the freshly retired football star, I know. Event, would not make it special. I know. Diesel uh, I mean, they, won the title there, his major over, wouldn't make it special. That one baffles well, me. And they... Well, hell, even if they want to keep it in New York State, they could have went to, um, what, what's the one in Long Island that, that Evolution was at? You know uh, the one the Islanders play at. I, know the name, I don't know the name off the top of my head, but the one the Islanders play at. Yeah, that one. So they, they could have went there. Uh, I mean, they're, you know, they had options, but I don't know. Maybe the rent was cheaper in Connecticut. That's, I mean, they weren't doing so hot financial and financially in 1994. So, I mean, I don't think they were, you know, doing terrible, but I mean, 1994, 1995 were, loss years for them so if I, and not just for them i mean wcw actually gained money in 1995 for the first time in its history which is hard to believe but it yeah uh, you have to listen to eric bischoff's podcast talk about that he said he actually turned a profit in 1995 and that was the first time that company had ever seen a profit so that's shocking something uh, else that was kind of sad around this time for the wwf the final episode of wwf all american wrestling aired the weekend before halloween havoc featuring clips of a young Vince McMahon in 1983, with the set being torn down at the end while Teddy Biasi protested. Did I remember watching that. Yeah, I was about and to ask not, you. not knowing what the hell was going on, and then the next week it wasn't on, you're like, where is it? And you cried. I think they had replaced and it I with... I cried, bro. I, I cried. I legitimately cried forever. <laughs> I think they replaced <laughs> it with... Uh, was it the action zone? Uh, yes, actually, that is yeah. the next story here. Meanwhile, the WWF action zone debuted on October 23rd with a Bret Hart versus Owen Hart match. So when I saw that, I just like, okay. I mean, yeah, I didn't, like, I didn't realize it was a switch. It was like, ah, it's still something on whatever. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love all American wrestling, like the name and the concept, whatever, but I get Vince McMahon's, uh, he, like his, the reason he hasn't done like a lot of American themed stuff, especially recently. I mean, he did great American bash for a while. They brought it, they, they brought it back for NXT. But, uh, well, his, they didn't bring it back. I mean, well, yeah, the son in law did. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, his reasoning for uh, not, you know, sticking with all the American-themed shows was because he's like, well, we're a worldwide company. So, we, you know, we don't want to alienate somebody in another country who's a big fan. I mean, I kind of get it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I kind of get it. His reasoning, anyway. So, if I can at least follow the logic somewhat, it's like, okay. Uh, by the way, everyone who worked at the last Herb Abrams pay-per-view saw their checks bounce, and then bounce again the second time that they tried to deposit them, after Herb assured them that it was a clerical error on the part of the bank. And they bought that. I mean, they at least tried to cash it twice, so yeah. <laughs> uh, there were a couple, of, I think Missy Hyatt was one of the ones that was like, uh, yeah, no, I, ne I never got any money from him. I mean, like, he, oh, he gave yes, me checks. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. No, no, she got checks from him. I just meant that yeah, he, he paid her it, for yeah. wrestling. What are you talking about? He's yeah. Good grief. Missy friggin' Hyatt. Because if, if we're going to make sure that anybody from that show gets paid, by God, it's her. <laughs> oh, he did I, have the boots. Yeah, well, those were going to change the wrestling industry, Greg. We had to get at least... This I, is wouldn't, our... I wouldn't believe anybody else saying that other than Mick Foley. I'm not joking. Yeah. I think he's a stand-up enough... Uh, Enough of a stand-up guy to not lie about something like that. <laughs> well, he's he, he's got the most outrageous stories from from everyone. Mick Foley, I mean. So it, it, I I love his stories that he's got from like various people in the wrestling industry. Like when he told Vince, like when he went off on Vince McMahon saying he wanted a special entrance one time, and his special entrance was he wanted to fly in on Santa's sleigh with Santa, and <laughs> Vince allegedly told him, uh, "There's no way I can pay enough." for something to be rigged up to haul your fat ass in on a sleigh. <laughs> and Mick kind of hung his head and was like, fine, and walked away. Oh, but anyway, uh, yeah, so that does it for the news. You ready to get into the event at hand, Greg? Yeah, sure. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break here, transition into Halloween Havoc 1994. When we come back, it's all the goodness from the show itself. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Now, back to our program. All right, we're back in time to dive into the show. It's WCW Halloween Havoc 1994. Took place October 23rd, 1994. The tagline was, Witness the terrifying rage in the cage. The venue was the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan, and the attendance was 14,000 by rate 0.9. Wasn't the Joe Louis Arena uh, home of WrestleMania, I want to say 22, 23? 22 was in the arena that we were in last year for the Survivor Series. 23 was in uh, Ford Field. Uh, no uh, WrestleMania has ever okay. taken place in the Joe, so... Oh, okay. I, they they must have mentioned they were close to the Joe Louis. Okay. All right. Well, either no, way, it's Detroit. Yeah, I mean, everything in Detroit's right next to each other. They literally say yeah. Cobalt Hall's next door, which, spoiler, Giant's going to die on the roof of that arena next year. Oh, man. Uh, what? Don't, don't say that. Don't, don't, don't bring that up, Greg, because you might get suspended from Twitter 
for, mm-hmm. for saying something like that. <laughs> well, I'm not wishing it. That tweet actually wished it. I didn't wish it. I just said I would you feel said, ripped if off if I it didn't don't, happen. If I don't see death, I'm going to feel ripped off. That's borderline wishing. What? Okay, in my defense, I never said I wanted anybody to die. I said, if I don't see a giant fall off a roof, because he fell off that roof and didn't die. So I'm not. You don't know that. This could have been another giant. You don't know that. Yeah, another giant that likes dry humping. Well, did the original giant like dry humping? I, I, there, I'm not I, sure. Thank you for my point. Move on. Either way, the buy rate for this was 0.9. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently 0.9. Like, it's not horrible, but it's not great. And it was way below projections of what this event was going to do. So it was actually a disappointing number for WCW. Uh, I said the opening package was not very Halloween-like, but it was very good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I got me hyped. My initial thing on the on the opening here, my first note, I'm like, wow, it's just really weird to see Mean Gene opening the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I, just, I just, like, that was new to me. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Well, and did, uh, one thing I noticed is this is like one of the first Halloween Havocs. If, I think actually this was the first Halloween Havoc. Nobody's in costume. I'm not complaining about that. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was kind of cheesy, whatever, but it always, always made me laugh. That was one thing I always popped about with, with Halloween Havoc for the first, I don't know how many years was what the hell is Tony Schiavone dressed like tonight? So he's this, going as an announcer. Yeah, this time, this time he's, he's, Going as a guy that's going to go to the prom, I guess. So, either way, Tony Schiavone says that the main event will involve the two biggest superstars wrestling has ever seen or will ever see. He spoke about three years too soon. Uh, Bobby Heenan is in a neck brace, and he sounded hoarse throughout the whole event. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah, he sounded like I, he was just struggling. I felt he was, like he got worse as it went on, too. Yeah, and he said, to me, it sounded like he stumbled over himself quite a few times, too. Like, he couldn't. I think that neck brace was legit, and he just had surgery, so. Yeah, it was, yeah. This was, uh, well, I don't know, a year and a half before the whole what the F are you doing <laughs> incident? Or maybe, yeah, I think so. Remember Brian Pillman grabbed him yeah. by the collar? So, either way. But, uh, yeah, so, Mean Gene brings up Nancy Kerrigan, saying that, uh, it, like, I guess, Google Google what happened to Nancy Kerrigan, because I guess it took place in this either in this venue or down the road from this venue, something like that. But he refers to what happened to Nancy Kerrigan as he said, quote, they took the pipe to Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> um, funny. They did the exact same thing to Hogan building up. Uh, to this, yeah, by the way. <laughs> I know. I was, I was like, coincidence or not? But just the way listen to that phrasing. They took the pipe to Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he probably could have phrased that a little better, but, um, sure. That's back uh, when taking a knee meant something, but, you know, whatever. Good grief. Uh, some guy named, I think it was Dan Brown, sang the U.S. National Anthem. That was another thing. This was like... like the most made-up name ever, by the way. Yeah, Dan Brown. Okay. But this thing was, like, this was a completely different Halloween Havoc than we're used to. The opening package was not very Halloween-like at all. Nobody's in costume. We get somebody singing the National Anthem to open the show. It was just a complete departure from anything we had ever seen in Halloween Havoc. So, I don't know. This was different. And next year, it would be brought to you by Slim Jim. So, there's that. Opening match, the man who opened, like, every show for WCW ever, Johnny B. Bad, he's defending his WCW television championship against the Honky Tonk Man. 
I can retroactively hear Eric Bischoff banging his head on a desk throughout this match, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because he man. said he was not a fan of the Johnny D. Bad character, and he absolutely hated the Honky Tonk Man. He said it was it's if he could, in a perfect world, he would pay the Honky Tonk Man just so every morning he could wake up, call him on Skype, and fire him all over again. He booked it. Yep. Well, I think Kevin Sullivan booked it, but he allowed it. So he's an enabler, Greg. He's an enabler of this. But Johnny is wearing vampire fangs, and Honky Tonk Man looks like he's in Jerry Waller cosplay. Did you notice that? No, I just look like Elvis to me, but... Well, he looked... I mean, I'm talking like his... Because in the WWF, he just wore tights. In WCW, he had like the one strap, like Jerry Waller. And instead of crowns down his leg, he had guitars. So, kind of looked like the figure I had of him. But it's ironic, because they're cousins. But I said this match is decent, but not great. One of Johnny's... uh probably worst openers I've ever seen. Neither man gets the win, and it goes to a 10-minute time limit draw. It used to be 15 minutes for TV title matches, but they dropped it to 10 during this time. After the match, Honky hits Johnny with a, an atomic drop, but Johnny no-sells it and punches Honky Tonk Man out of the ring. Uncle Dave said, quote, better than expected, but too many rest holds, and the finish was telegraphed. He gave it one and one for a star. I gave it two. What say you? I gave it two as well. I actually said I said, it's not so bad, actually. Yeah, it could have no, been 10,000 times worse. Um, oh, yeah. I do want to talk about the aftermath of the match, though. It looked like Honky oh, just, man. like, picked him up off the the rope and set him, or Honky, pronouns, but looked like <laughs> Honky Talk Man lifted up uh, Johnny B. Bad off the rope when he was posing and just put him down and smiled like they were friends. Did you catch that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it looked like he didn't rip. He was like, I'm going to go for an atomic drop, but not actually hit it. Yeah, but then he smiles at him like they're best friends or something. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't catch that. What the hell is going on? What did I miss here? (laughs) I don't know, man. This was this was all weird. Honky Tonk Man was bad. It just I will say this, I I didn't watch a lot of Honky Tonk Man WCW. I don't think he stuck around very long. But this No, uh we can get into that. He'll be gone right after this. This the whole thing at uh Starcade happens where he's in the back in the loading dock saying, you know, if I'm going to lose the bat, I want to re- re- revisit my contract. And Bischoff said he laughed in his face and fired him. Wow. <laughs> so like, that was my fact for this one. He gets fired right after the show. Wow. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. Honky. I, I think this was a pretty decent match from Honky Tonk, man. But it's like, I don't know. This was a good match for Honky Tonk. Not a great match for Johnny B. Bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, like so. he's ten times better than this. Yeah, he's yeah. Johnny Bad's had great matches opening. I mean, you and I talked about it. If anybody goes back and listens to our uh, which some ninety five uh, Fall Brawl ninety five show, he opens with Flying Brian Pillman, and it, it was fan freaking fantastic. And yeah. it wasn't all, and it was not Brian Pillman carrying it either. It was just a great match. So, but this was not great. Bad. We, <laughs> we see a clip. From TV, where Hulk Hogan comes out for a match with Ric Flair, and a masked man clips him in the back of the leg with a pipe, as you uh, talked about earlier. Hogan goes to the hospital, but is said to have limped his way back from the hospital with his knee wrapped up so he can do this match. <sighs> the masked man jumps him again, and then Flair jumps on Hogan's knee. On a later TV, the masked man strikes during another Hogan-Flair match. Hogan's about to unmask him, and then a second masked man jumps Hogan from behind. This masked man thing goes on, like, 
forever because we see another masked man in 95 and just yeah anyway it's an evolution of the black scorpion good lord but WCW then obtained footage of Mr. T and Ric Flair coming out of a restaurant together earlier in the week Mr. T is going to be the special guest referee in the main event because got to dust him off in 94 has it Mr. T was just getting an autograph from Flair for his mama good lord you know I I sat and thought about this Ric Flair headlined the very first Starcade, won his first world title in 1983. Hulk Hogan main evented WrestleMania 1 with Mr. T in 1984. This is... Uh, well, we'll just oh, get to that now, because I was going to use that. Let's also not forget uh, that Paul Orndorff is also in this event, too. My God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's just this is like a decade after WrestleMania 1, 11 years after Starcade, the first Starcade, and I mean, that's fine, these two wrestling a decade after the biggest triumphs on, you know, on pay-per-view, whatever. But then they're dusting off Mr. T. What yeah. the f- Who cared about Mr. T in 94? A-team fans? Was that even still on TV at this time? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I, he, uh, I was Hulk's like, friend. Yeah, Hulk's friend why he was jobs. Why he was never in the Dungeon of Doom, I'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Mama won't let me be in the Dungeon of Doom. Wow. I don't know. Up next, we get Stars and Stripes, the Patriot, and Marcus Alexander Bagwell are defending the World Tag Team Championships against pretty wonderful Paul Roma and Paul Orndorff. As you mentioned, Orndorff is on this card 10 years after he may have ended WrestleMania 1. Uh, Bobby Heenan asked Tony Schiavone, I think I figured out who the Patriot is. <laughs> yeah. And he said, where's he from? Shivani says, Washington, D.C. And Heenan says, Al Gore. It's got to be Al Gore. They're about the same size. Yep, Al Gore definitely had that build. Oh, for sure. Well, you don't know what was, uh, you don't know what was under his, his, uh, suit jacket. Could have been, uh, ripped, shredded, and jacked. Beefy. Yeah, he, uh, he's super serial, guys. But this, uh, this match went for 13 minutes, 47 seconds, unfortunately. Uh, wonderful, pretty wonderful end up winning. When Bagwell gets Orndorff with a bridging fisherman suplex behind the ref's back, and Roma hits a flying elbow drop on Bagwell, and then Orndorff rolls over and pins him. Uncle Dave said, quote, another average match from them. I assume he means all four guys. He gave it two and one four star. There's a lot of one fourth stars from him on this card, which is weird. I gave it an even how, two. How is that weird at all coming from that idiot? Well, yeah, I should expect it, but it's just like, I, I still don't get the one-fourth starts. I, I can get a, a half, because it's like... Well, Dave ah. has wrestled so many matches that he's an expert on what, you know, what a fourth and a third of a star and stuff like that is. Well, I'm wondering, it's like, what takes away or adds to, where it's like, oh, it's well, it's, it's one-fourth better or one-fourth worse. But it's, you know, it's like, like I said, I get the half. Uh, a like, couple of extra super kicks or V-triggers is the, t- is the thing nowadays, but... Probably. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. This this match was okay. I will say this, as much crap as you and I have talked on multiple occasions, deservedly so, about Paul Roma, he had a beautiful elbow drop, man. Like, before Kyrie Sane, he had one of the best in the business, I think. Yeah, uh, he was a bad wrestler. I just think his ego's like... Nah. Yeah, his ego was big. He wasn't a great wrestler, but he wasn't terrible at all. And I just, I don't know, he didn't have that over-the-top personality. And he just came across as like a bland jerk. I don't know. But the way he comes he, out too, when he comes out like like he owns the building. Which, right. You know, I guess you should guess if you're a heel. He's, but, he's a heel, so he should, yeah. But, he's a heel. Uh, 
I said, it's actually not that bad of a match. I thought the crowd was really into it. Uh, did yeah. you notice that pretty wonderful winning kind of got a pop, too? I did I not notice why, that. I don't know why that caught my ear. I was like, what the hell? Okay. Yeah. This was uh, two years in a row, by the way, Mark, and they, and they mentioned it on commentary. Marcus Alexander Bagwell would be defending the tag team titles at a Halloween Havoc, but with two totally different partners. I, I told you, no, I told you on the last one, like every year he has a different partner from 93 to 95. Yeah. What do you say in 90? Who was it in 93? The Z-Man. Okay, so it's 93 Z-Man. Or, or no, that was 90, sorry, 92 90, was Z-Man, 93 was uh, Two Cold Scorpio. 94 was Patriot. 95, 96 was Riggs. Wow, that's that's nuts. <laughs> anyway, as I said, it was two stars. I didn't think it was terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. I mean, it was fine. Uh, I don't know, but it, it was what it was. Nothing remarkable. And we're about to get something unremarkable here after these. Uh, oh, uh, well, the backstage stuff. Fun fact: this is the last major title either one of them ever wins. Oh, you t- you talking Orndorff and Roma? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, Orndorff never became TV champ after this? I don't know if he won it after this, and then he won it before it. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. I just remember he was he feuded uh, with the Renegade in '95, I think, over the TV title. But I yeah, that I was don't probably a barn burner. What a career highlight, man! He got to wrestle against the Renegade <laughs> on the beach. Oh, man. Come on, man! It, within two years, he gets to tag team with Paul Roma and wrestle the Renegade on a beach. I mean, what more can you ask for out of a career, Greg? <laughs> Good crap, pal. Like, Paul Ordorf pissed I'm off gonna, the wrong people. Slap the hell out of you when I see you, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you you got to be thinking he was sitting there this whole time like, I made a vineyard WrestleMania. I just, what, what, what went wrong? No, he like, didn't. He was in the main event of WrestleMania. He didn't main he's, event. There's a huge did, difference. No, no. He was he main evented. I don't care. He was in the main event. Therefore, he main evented WrestleMania. So he 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 was there, man. So you got to think. I mean, he's like, I was in the main event of WrestleMania. I was, me and Hogan were the draw for, well, obviously more Hogan than him. I am not going to get into that. But it's like him and Hogan main evented like the big event and all this other stuff. He was a huge star. He's like, now, now I'm teaming with Paul Roma. Now I'm facing the Renegade. What, what, like, I, I think what it's wrong? now I'm team with Paul Romo, finally. Oh, yeah, now I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mean Gene Okerlund is backstage with Ric Flair and Sensuous Sherry. I forgot they changed your name to Sensuous Sherry. Uh, Flair says that he's planning a huge celebration for when he ends Hulk Hogan's career and takes his 12th world title tonight. Yeah, in 94, he was, quote-unquote, only an 11-time champion. So think about that. <laughs> <laughs> in the clips uh, talking about like overviewing their champions early th- you thought you thought that Russo was like traded that title around yeah well because of him Flair was handed one of his world titles so his last world title yeah and then he lost it what in the same night or the next week or something it was either the same night or the next day on Thunder yeah uh, in clips from WCW Saturday Night Hulk Hogan Brother Brutai or as they kept referring to him as the Big Brother and Jimmy Hart back and yet, up the yet he was white. <laughs> yeah, good lord. Uh, but they back up the quote number one Hulkamaniac in the world, Dave Sullivan, <sighs> as he argues with Kevin Sullivan about being a Hulkamaniac. Kevin goes off on Dave, and Dave punches Kevin. Later on during a match, Kevin jumps Dave and beats him down, leading to this 
It was Kevin Sullivan versus Dave Sullivan. It went for five minutes, 17 seconds. Five minutes too long. Shivani pumps up Dave Sullivan having a new song, which was I Want yeah, to Be a Maniac. That was the first thing I caught. I'm like, oh, God, he's going to debut that horrible song, isn't he? And sure enough, that's what it was. He's like, oh, he, he kept pumping it up like this was a like huge news. Like, oh, he's got a new song. You know, he's, he's going to come out to new music tonight. It's uh, and, and he comes out to that. I want to be a Hulkamaniac, which I said sounded like the theme to a children's show, like Barney or something. Well, he was pumping it up like it was, you know, her baby from Cowboy Boots or something like that. Amazing. But it turned out to not Good be. Lord. Yeah, it turned out just to be this. <sighs> Dave looks like the Bizarro World <laughs> Hulk Hogan. This. <laughs> Dave looks like Bizarro World Hulk Hogan with his mustache and similar hair, but he's out of shape and wearing red trunks instead of yellow trunks. Kevin Sullivan absolutely sucks. I've said this forever. You and I are not fans of Kevin Sullivan's in-ring work. No, but I like Dave. I mean, that's that's rest. Oh, yeah, well, that's that's where it's at. But Kevin Sullivan absolutely sucks, and this match felt like 25 minutes, not five minutes. Like, I don't know about you, like, I'm seriously sitting there going, my God, this has been going on forever. When is it over? I'm like, five minutes! My first note for this match is, why is this match happening? <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because, Greg, you're going to make Kevin Sullivan look, I don't know. But both men battle outside of the ring, but Dave rolls in first, and Kevin gets counted out. Because you can't pin Kevin Sullivan. You got you to gotta give him an out. Yeah, you got to protect that awesomeness. For those of you that don't know, and just, I'm saying this now because of the notes I have coming up, Evad Sullivan is what they, this is another name for Dave. Obviously, Evad is Dave spelled backwards, and the whole thing is Dave has special needs, so therefore he speaks in reverse. Yeah, that's, uh, that was a thing. But anyway, <laughs> Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Dave, Uncle Dave said that the Evad character is the most not over pushed character that should be over that he's ever seen. And Dave just doesn't have the, the charisma to overcome the force feeding to the fans to get over. He gave this match a dud. I gave it a one star because I, I just, I'm not going to give it a dud because it was an actual match, but it, it sucked. It was a one. What say you? Uh, I gave it one star. Uh, I, I, I almost <laughs> gave it a dud. I, there was one moment that I laughed at. I'm like, you can't possibly think we're going to believe this is when Tony Schiavone said that Dave was wearing Hulk's WrestleMania 3 boots that he wore in the Pontiac Silverdome right down the road when he slammed Andre the Giant and I'm like wow. you really want us to believe he's wearing those boots you know the whole uh, something that Hulk Hogan once wore now gives me the power of Hulkamania it yeah. was like it was like done here and then done again in 2010 with Abyss <laughs> Except better. That still sucked. <laughs> saying I was better is like saying, well, this turd stinks slightly less than that turd. <laughs> like, it all hey, hey, they had a cool. ring in this one, though. Oh, yeah. Because they wanted to bastardize and make fun of the Hall of Fame rings from WWE. It's the only re I, I'm standing by, that's the only reason that crap happened. Oh, let's make fun of our Hall of Fame rings and diss on the WWE because, you know, that's a thing. This, I don't know, this just sucked in every way, shape, or form. Dave Sullivan was never over a day in his life. He wasn't a good wrestler. His gimmick was offensive and stupid. And Kevin Sullivan, he's, I've never seen Kevin Sullivan take a proper bump in my life. Like, did you notice, like, Dave clotheslined him and he couldn't even take a bump for a clothesline? No, but to be fair, I started tuning out of this match so hard. <laughs> He clotheslined Kevin, and Kevin, like, 
like bounced off his arm and like did a spin. Like that was his way of bumping. Was he like he would get hit and then like spin around and kind of fall down? He did that for everything. I oh, I can't. Yeah. I don't understand why Kevin Sullivan had a job in the ring for so long. I, I don't get understand what, when anyone says he was good ever. Yeah, I realize he was apparently over in Florida with his his whole devil devil worshiper gimmick, but I don't like past that. I don't. Like, why do you let him wrestle? He sucked. The only good match I saw from him ever was, uh, you, which show was it where he had that, uh, that Anywhere Falls match against, uh, uh, Chris Benoit? That was the Great American Bash 95. Or 96, 96. Yeah, 96. Yeah. But now in the archives, Great American Bash 1996. Go back and listen. That's the only time you'll ever hear us say anything positive about anything work rate that, uh, Kevin Sullivan produced. Uh, all right, rant over. Moving on to this next thing here. Oh, Dustin well, fun fact, by the way, Eric Bischoff said that Dave was the uh, inspiration for Eugene. <laughs> so, Seriously? Yep. Oh, I have no God. problem whatsoever believing that. Yeah. Ex- the the major differences were uh, Eugene None. was actually, well, Eugene was actually over and he could wrestle. So, I mean, past that, no, very offensive, inexcusable, but at least Eugene got over. He elicited a reaction from the crowd other than a groan, and he didn't suck in the ring. So, uh, And he wasn't related to Kevin Sullivan. He was related to Eric Bischoff. So they even had to get that thread in there. Yeah, right. And he was a Hulkamaniac. Man, it's all coming together. Anyway. He wants, he wants to be a Hulkamaniac. It says it in the song. How did that song not win a Grammy, by the way? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. It's just uh, people were sleeping on the job. The, the, that's right up there with Jimmy Hart's uh, Eat Your Heart Out, Rick Springfield. Dustin Rhodes Blast, asks... Blast my ass, but... Okay, go ahead. Dustin Rhodes asks Arn Anderson to be his partner against Terry Funk. This is all footage, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Uh, Eric, uh, Dustin Rhodes had asked Arn Anderson to be his partner against Terry Funk and Buckhouse... Bunkhouse Buck, easy for me to say. Uh, Anderson agreed, but then he turned on Dustin. Shocker! At the at Bash the Beach. I was shocked when I was a kid. I really was. I thought they were, like, gonna be a team. You should have known that a Rhodes can never trust an Anderson, Greg. That's why I'm still waiting. For a, <laughs> yeah. Still waiting on the day where Cody gets his comeuppance from, from Arn Anderson. It's like, you can never trust an Anderson I, because years ago, your daddy stole my beer. And now I'm still sore about it. I, I'm assuming that's what this is all related to, but I could be wrong. Either way, the three men then beat up on Dustin Rhodes' right arm. And later he later explains he basically did it for Colonel Parker's money. By the way, I don't know if you put this, you probably did, but uh, I don't know if you put this together. He's like going after Dustin Rhodes' arm. You remember, like, didn't uh, didn't the Four Horsemen like break Dusty's arm? That was in my notes. Like, it's kind of funny to see them using the same stuff just on Dusty's kid. <laughs> right. Which uh, looks like, by the way, Dustin was wearing hand-me-downs from his dad. Did yep. you notice that? I mean, obviously, um, he could wear the chaps, but yeah. Well, I'm not, yeah, the, the entrance gear was different because Dusty, for as much weird crap as Dusty wore, you would have never caught him dead in that ugly ass jacket. But this next match is Arn Anderson with Colonel Robert Parker and Mang in his corner. He's taking on the natural Dustin Rhodes. This match went for nine minutes, 50 seconds. The battle starts before the match over who has the most honky music in WCW. <laughs> wow. I'm definitely Dustin, but. <laughs> I, I don't know, just Arn. I never heard Arn come out to that. I'm assuming he was using Colonel yeah, that was, Parker's. That was the Funkhouse's music. 
okay, yeah. I'm like, my god, both of you are just like, I'm whiter. No, I'm whiter. <laughs> but I said, fairly good match that Dustin wins with a jackknife cover. Arn Anderson then jumps him after the bell and drops him with a DDT. Uncle Dave said this was a start. Uh, this was solid from start to finish. He gave it three and one fourth star. There you go again. I gave it even. I gave it an even three stars. Let's say you. Are you serious? I mean, for for a shy of ten minute match, I thought these two like did a really good job. I I said two, and I was being generous. I said you didn't the like match at all. No, I said the match ended right when I started getting into it. Uh, I agree. I agree with that to an extent. On the other hand, I think they should add more time for sure. But on the other hand, I think with the time they were given, I thought they did pretty pretty well. It wasn't amazing, but I don't know. I thought it was better than average, so I gave it three. But three, I don't know, three and a fourth. It's like, where are you <laughs> getting these? One of my notes, I said, wow, I can't, like, the crowd popped hard for Dustin. It's like, I forgot how over he was. Yeah, right. And then uh, I st- one, one note I took, I said, uh, after the match was over, the heels beat the crap out of Dustin. And they're standing over him, and then Dustin's music starts playing, and they're still in the ring as he's on the ground. It's <laughs> really weird to me that his music's playing. Yeah, all right. What was your fact about this match? Was it the arm thing or something? No, I said Dustin. It's, it's funny, because what's crazy is, like, Dustin's the only person on this entire card that's still active today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's weird to think about. <laughs> yeah. I had to think, like, wow, he still goes. Yeah. Like, semi-regu- semi-regularly, too. Not yeah. like, you know, one-offs and stuff. Yeah, and he goes at a fairly high level, too. It's the, he's, he's mostly wrestling on YouTube now, but, you know. Wow. Well, well he is. Weird, yeah. Well, what's weird is you never, like, to this day, as, you know, we, we say that, but to this day, I've never seen a Dustin Rhodes performance where I go, oh, he, he should really hang it up. I, I mean, he's never really suffered any significant injuries, either, to my knowledge. Well, his, I think the one thing that's helping him out now is before he, like, between WWE and AEW, he had two major knee surgeries, like, at the same time. He had both of his knees, like, reconstructed, I believe. So, he's got knees, so I think he's feeling more spry than he has in a long time. So, yeah, I think that helped. He, uh, he was clearly and, smart with his money. And DDP yoga. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, Mean Gene Okerlund. There's a, there's, a, there's a thing I saw that uh, he gives everybody in AEW free TDP yoga DVDs and stuff. So uh, I'm sure he does. Bro, you gotta watch the DDP yoga, bro. It's more. It, well, I don't call it yoga. It's DDP. Why? Because it's more manly, bro. Who the hell's speaking? I don't know. That's the best DDP I can do. I'm not. I, I'm not good at at uh, mocking DDP's voice. Either way, Mean Gene Okerlund interviews Hulk Hogan backstage, who's with. I said Ed Leslie because at this time in the show, I didn't know what the hell they were calling him. Brother Brudeye. Brother Brudeye, that's his name. Well, I, I did not know. They, I don't think they mentioned, they kept calling him the big brother at this point in the show. So I, I was like, okay. But either way, he's with uh, Brother Brudeye. Well, that's one white-ass brother. But... <laughs> and Brother Brudeye and Jimmy Hart. Uh, Hulk Hogan goes on some rant about how he tried unsuccessfully to sneak into Detroit, but he was spotted. He then has to make reference to slamming Andre the Giant not far from here in the Silverdome because, I mean... Superdome. Yeah. Super, Superdome, Silverdome. I'm sorry, I'm getting flashbacks to, to slamming the Giant, brother. By the way, <laughs> he never actually calls him... Like, he, he doesn't actually use, like, the full Andre the Giant name. He just keeps talking about slamming... or picking up and slamming the I'm Giant. I'm wondering if that was... They're just making sure they didn't get sued or something, but I don't know how they would yeah, for mentioning it, but... Yeah, I mean, they might. Uh, I don't know. 
WWF was in Sue happy mode for WCW during this era, so I, I hope they were probably minding their P's and Q's. But when Gene asked about Mr. T, Hulk Hogan says he's not quite sure about him, and Mr. T is avoiding eye, eye contact with him, but uh, he's going to trust that he does the right thing in the main event. We then see a replay from Fall Brawl, where Ricky Steamboat is too injured to wrestle Steve Austin for the U.S. title, so he forfeits, and uh, was it he forfeited the title and they handed it to, to Austin, or was Austin the champ? I missed that part. No, he he won it. Oh, oh, so Austin, was Austin the champ? After, yeah, he was, like, he was the champ. The yeah, and he was supposed to defend it. Yeah, but he couldn't. Oh, okay. But, but Steamboat couldn't. Yeah. Okay. Figure out if it no, was they didn't Dean Douglas it. I was about to say, I didn't know if they Dean Douglas it or what. <laughs> uh, and what I'm getting at was this right here was uh, Nick Bockwinkle. Was he, I forget, was he commissioner or president? He, he was that? the commissioner, yeah. Okay. Commissioner Nick Bockwinkle says that he's got another opponent for Austin. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan makes his debut, correct? Hell yeah. Oh, my God. But he makes his debut, and he beats Austin in less than 10 seconds. Austin's, like, sitting there arguing with Bachwinkle. Uh, he turns around. Hacksaw hits the five-point the five point stance uh, clothesline thing, and he pins him. So uh, It's a three-point stance? Or a three-point stance, whatever. Three-point stance. That thing. But he nails it and wins the match. So... Yay, Jim Duggan is the U.S. champ. Why do you say that's uh, so Yeah, why? I don't know. But this next match, we get Hacksaw Jim Duggan defending that United States Championship against stunning Steve Austin in eight minutes and two seconds. I said, after a hard-fought match, Hacksaw sets up for the three-point stance, and Austin dumps him over the top rope, getting disqualified. I said, pretty good match for both of these guys, but the finish kind of took something away from me because it was so freaking lame. Uncle Dave said, quote, This was particularly stupid, given that Dustin went flying over the top row much more dramatically in the previous match, better than previous matches that they had, at least. He gave it two stars. I gave it... I'll, I'll also say two. What say you? Man, I'm like... Disagree with everything today. I th- This is another one-star match for me. Man. I said it was, it was horrible. I can't believe I said that about an Austin match, but... You know, and then like the whole ending, him getting thrown over top rope, like that's still a thing. Yeah, I know. I didn't even know that was a thing during this era. Well, no, it was a thing. Like it was a it was a Bill Watts thing, but like I didn't know it was well, still yeah. a thing. Well, yeah, no, that's why I said I didn't know it was um, a thing during this era. Like I thought yeah. they, I thought they like shut that crap down. No exceptions. No exceptions. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I um, I, I when the first thing I said, I said you gotta love seeing Austin get buried on pay per view twice in a row. My I wonder gosh. if his, I wonder if his career will ever recover. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, what's funny was that comment I I was talking about earlier, where uh, Shivani was like the great the the two biggest superstars that wrestling has ever or will ever know, and I was like, yeah, they were about three years too early. Uh, this is the guy. Well, yeah, we're right here. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. No, this is these are the two biggest stars right here, Austin and, and Duggan, right? Shut the hell up. <laughs> what? Uh, man, this was awful i well see i gave it two stars because this is what what i was going off it was uh the thing with the honky tonk man and and uh uh johnny bad from earlier where i said this is one of the better matches i saw duggan have during his run in wcw this is one of the worst matches i saw austin have during his run in wcw so you know two stars for that Duggan absolutely, like, I've never been a huge fan of his in-ring work. I never saw any of his stuff in Mid-South, so I, I don't know about that. But, as far as his WCW run, uh, I didn't see one match throughout his entire run there that was even presentable. They all sucked. 
Well, yeah, he well, also he also had two title runs in his WCW run. Yeah. Well, one of them he fished out of the dumpster, so there's that. Like Foley style. <laughs> yeah. Except this one, they actually tried to make you know. I I don't know. Did they did they try to make the TV title seem like legit when he held it and not like uh, a joke? No, they actually kind of made it a joke where it was going to only be defended on Saturday night. How dare you say that the OCW Saturday night in 1999 was a joke? Uh, mean Gene Okerlund is on the stage and he calls out Sting for an interview Sting is wearing sunglasses and a tuxedo he says that he wants to see who will lead wrestling into the 90s even though we're basically halfway through the 90s and who is he talking about by the way two guys who we just said had their first biggest triumphs or two of their biggest triumphs a decade before this oh man I just what the hell and this was a line that Tony Schiavone repeated this line, by the way. Yep. Monkey see, monkey do. Lead us into the 90s. We're halfway through the 90s. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. They said Sting was going to be the guy who led WCW into the 90s back in 89 and 90. That made sense. This was dumb. I'm talking about dumb. Uh, LOL WCW. But anyway. That's so WCW. A replay is shown from WCW TV where Harley Race gives Vader a riot baton. They kept calling it a nightstick, but it was clearly a riot baton, but whatever. Either way, Guardian Angel, who is Big Bubba Rogers, Big Boss Man, The Boss, Ray Trailer, take your pick. Either way, Guardian Angel takes it from him. The referee sees Angel with the baton, and he disqualifies him. In another match, Harley Race gets in behind the referee's back and headbutts Angel for Vader. In another match... Vader and Race double team Angel and lay him out. And then on another TV show, Angel comes out and he handcuffs Harley Race to the ring and attempts to beat him with a chair, but is stopped by, of all people, Doug Dillinger. Because now I guess security is going to stop wrestlers from beating on each other. Yes. I, that makes sense. Whatever. I guess. I hated that. <laughs> I'm like, why is Doug Dillinger the guy doing uh I don't know. It, Whatever. I'm not going to think too hard on this. Yeah, don't hurt your head. <laughs> but either way, this next match is the Guardian Angel versus Big Van Vader with uh, Harley Race in his corner. It went for 8 minutes, 17 seconds. Not a lot of matches went over 10 minutes on this card, by the way. It was fairly short matches. So, The Guardian Angel is accompanied to the ring by other Guardian Angels. For anybody who doesn't know or who the Guardian Angels were, they were like uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say vigilantes, but kind of, because New York had a big crime problem back in the day. The police weren't doing much. Well, vigilantes so. for the better, I believe. If you, if that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. They kind of walked around. You know, they didn't go around beating people up and stuff like that. But they kind of went. Or they patrolled the streets of New York City and high crime areas uh, to. I don't know. Stop some of the crime going on in the city. So, <clears throat> but anyway, that's that's what the Guardian Angel gimmick comes from and what what was his nickname the man who enforces law and order or some crap like that something like that yeah a clear rip off of big boss man let's just say that whoa how dare you greg <laughs> did this come after the boss gimmick by the way yes yeah because he came back to wcw wearing his boss man here and they called him the boss and then he became the guardian angel when the they boss, got sued the prisoner I mean, they're real original yeah but Harley Race eventually we'll get, gets... to, we'll get to one of the other original ones later in this. So. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Harley Race eventually gets thrown into the ring by the Guardian Angel. 
and gets Vader slammed right down on top of him. <laughs> oh, man. Vader randomly rips his mask off after this, by the way. Didn't you notice that? I did, him. <laughs> but Angel body slams him. Like, is he going to give it to Muhammad Ali? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the hell? Uh, but the two beat the piss out of each other during this match. Uh, if Austin, I, I, here's where I said, if Austin got disqualified for doing a back body drop over the top rope, why wasn't the Guardian Angel disqualified for clotheslining Vader over the top rope? Why would he be? He's throwing a man over the top rope. I, like, they're not consistent with this rule. I don't <laughs> think they ever were. So, either way, the Angel hits a sidewalk slam, but Harley Race distracts him. Angel suplexes Race over the top, and as soon as he hits the mat, Vader splashes Angel. It's a pinfall win. Uncle Dave said, the Angel character is so obnoxious that he can't get over it as a babyface. Same match they've had on TV a whole bunch of times. But he gave it two and three-fourth stars. I gave it two and a half stars for average. What say you? First of all, I'm pretty sure this was a, the WCW rules and the NWA one. That's why they got disqualified for going to the top. Anyways, uh, that's all I can think of. <laughs> yeah, there's no NWA WCW with this I one. Know, They're all just, the same. Uh, I said... Typical big man match, but it wasn't that bad. Dragged a bit, but I did give it two stars because I was it was kind of entertaining. Yeah, uh, I did say the next time we see the Guardian Angel on pay per view, he would be heel as Big Bubba Rogers. Quite yeah. a change. So yeah, they go through all these gimmick changes, and then finally, you know what? We're just going to give you what you originally were back at WCW the first time. You are now Big Bubba Rogers. Cool. Hell like, yeah. Oh my gosh. And then he does that for a while, and then he ends up joining the Dungeon of Doom, which, you know, it's, that gets him over. I, I sense sarcasm there again. And then he joined the NWO. So. And yay. then he's not allowed to be in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't you remember that epic match, Greg, that where he feuded? I can't even remember who. Oh, it was John Tenta, where they feuded over cutting hair, and he got his, his epic beard cut, even though it really wasn't very long at all. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I still laugh about it's like well I shouldn't laugh but like would he have that confederate flag tattoo or would he have covered it up by now if he was still alive today oh I don't know it depends on if it's still on the Georgia flag I think I, I don't know <sighs> but we got Eugene Okerlund on the stage he's pimping the WCW hotline yet again and he brings out I'm not a boxing guy, so I don't know him, but apparently he's a boxing legend from the Detroit area. Tommy the Hitman yeah, Hearns. He's a little bit of a legend. Well, I don't know anything about him. <laughs> Help me out. I mean, I assume you know something about him because of the way you just said that. Well, he's, uh, I mean, yeah, he's a huge name in boxing. You know, I mean, I guess not enough to casuals. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he's, I, I, like I said, never heard of him, so I, I don't know. Bro, never heard of him. Nobody cares, bro. Nobody cares about boxing, bro. Oh, it, it's fixed. Anyway, he brings out Tommy did, the Hitman. Did someone Hearn. say that? Did Meltzer say that? No. Uh, but I said, my good lord, this man can't freaking talk worth a lick, and he's extremely robotic. Mean Gene has to drag him through this particular interview, this this uh, pathetic interview. Uh, it like literally like Mean Gene would ask him a question, and then he'd basically say. Exactly what Mean Gene said. Well, they've got to be thinking about such and such tonight. You know what, Mean Gene? I'm, you know, that, that has to be on their mind. They have to be thinking about that. Okay, anything else to add? Like, <laughs> he's clearly there just collecting a payday because he's a local celebrity. Well, I mean, uh, 
not just a local I celebrity. I felt like he couldn't read the teleprompter or something. Yeah, I'm like, did you guys not have cue cards for him? Because you really should have had cue cards for him. At least, you know, for somebody who I assume he didn't have to give a lot of interviews and promos and stuff on the fly for boxing. So have something with him. I'm like, did his promoter do all this talking for him when he was a boxer? No, no, he definitely did himself. But I just think when you're out of your element. Yeah, that, there is something to be said for that. Yeah, I, I assume he's not a huge fan of the WCW product. Right, I've seen just, him on Monday Night Raw quite a few times, so I know yeah. he's a wrestling. Yeah, uh, it's just like uh, this. This was painful. To well, watch they were in the show. It's a oh. huge boxing uh, arena, so you know, Ali's there. Yeah, uh, I'll get to Ali in a bit as well. But uh, anyway, we had a replay of Dusty Rhodes asking the Nasty Boys to join join him in war games, and then after the match, Colonel Robert Parker's men beat the Nasty Boys up in the locker room. Uh, unfortunately, we get to see Brian Knobs shirtless. That was, uh... By the way, did you... <laughs> still haunting my nightmares. I was trying to get off that. Did you... St- I don't. I feel like Ming was, like, legitimately beating the holy piss out of him, man. Uh, it I, just I, looked terrible. I think the Nasty Boys were one of them where it's like, hit me as hard as you can and I'll hit you back. I don't I think just, he was getting up to hit anyone back. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You ever see that, that, that episode and it's become a gif? Of uh, Homer Simpson, where he's like mowing the lawn, he's got a he's got a sign that says "Jiggling for Justice." Yep, that looked like Brian Knobs here. <laughs> I don't have to do with that. I just the Nasty Boys retaliated on TV by jumping Terry Funk and Buck Bunkhouse Buck. Colonel Parker holds Mang back from the fight. <sighs> so here we get Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Buck. With Colonel Robert Parker in their corner, they were taking on the Nasty Boys. Seven minutes fifty-six seconds. Mother of God. The Nasty Boys come out with a jack o' lantern and masks of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, uh, that yeah. sounds very fitting to them. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is that. I I I don't know about you. I cracked up when Bobby Heenan did his Beavis and Butthead impression. Yep. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> but and he said he because it took him a while to figure out what those masks were. I got it right away. But like uh, they were like, oh, I think well, I think that's Beavis and Butthead. And then uh, Bobby Heenan was like, Well, to me, these guys are both Butthead and Butthead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man. At one point in the match, Sags basically teabags Terry Funk, and then he picks him up and does a pit stop on him. Funk backs up, looks at them both, and shouts, "You son of a bee!" <laughs> I'm like, oh, wrestling legend, former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, the great Terry Funk, just was teabagged and thrown into a man's armpit. That's not paper-view. the worst thing he's ever done. Probably not the worst smell he had that day. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, Terry Funk takes a steel chair and starts repeatedly beating it against his own face. I don't know if he's trying sense of smell at this point. In the end, behind the referee's back... <laughs> <laughs> Funk tries holding Nob's oh, arms back. Nob's moves, and Mang accidentally punches Funk, knocking him out. Sags picks him up and pile drives Funk on top of the pumpkin for the win. Uncle Dave said that th- this was a nothing match. Understatement of the year, I'd say. Both he and I gave it one star, <laughs> and I'm being generous. Let's say you. All right. Well, 
Okay, my first thing I said, uh, the names on the match marquee should tell you all you need to know. Then you see the Nasty Boys enter with a jack-o'-lantern and Beavis and Butthead masks. Need I say more? <laughs> I said sloppy oh. brawl, almost almost laughable at times, and I did laugh throughout that match. Yeah. Said a pile driver on a pumpkin, good grief. <laughs> One star. Oh my gosh. My fact for this match, seriously, in bold letters, the nasty boys suck. <laughs> oh my god. Then I said, so I'll throw a real one in there. I said, this is Funk's last WCW run since till 2000. Uh, but what a way to go out, huh? How dare you disparage the good goddamn name of the nasty boys? <laughs> I can't even get that out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, even even though it's like brittle and sarcasm, I still want to slap you for that. <laughs> I just made a horrible lapse in judgment, by the way, because as you were giving your review, I decided to take a couple mouthfuls of coffee and I almost spit them out. <laughs> so that's my that that was my bad. Yeah. So I uh oops. <laughs> this was horrible. And this feud would continue on in Bunkhouse Buck and and Rob Parker and and uh the stud stable and all that crap. Isn't that what he called it a stud stable? I think so. Yeah. That continued on for a while after this, but Terry Funk would be replaced. Thank God, get his ass out of there. Not saying that, like, against Terry Funk. I'm saying it for Terry Funk's own good. Get him the hell out of there. Wasn't he replaced by Dick Slater? Uh, yeah. That's that's perfect. That's accurate. Dick Slater. Yeah. Real, real name, folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, quit embarrassing Terry Funk. Get him the hell out of there. It, it's pretty sad when you say he upgraded by going to ECW. <laughs> <laughs> oh man who got the better end of the deal Dick Slater going to to team up with Bunkhouse Buck and WCW or Terry Funk going to ECW to be their top guy I would say Funk got the better end of that bargain but, uh, I don't know maybe that's just me I had to write this down I'm sure you caught this <sighs> Body Heenan says that if the show stopped right now without the Hogan Flair match this would still be the greatest pay-per-view he's ever seen WTF yeah. Um, <laughs> no. How much money is he getting? That, that check must have been huge, man, to say that. Yeah. How many zeros were on the end of that check? Like, right. Like, I, he, cell phones weren't a thing back then, or smartphones, whatever, so he couldn't check his bank app. So I assume earlier in the day, he made a quick call to his bank. He's like, hey, did, uh, did that check clear? Okay, good. <laughs> Greatest pay-per-view I've ever seen. Either that or, you know, the way he was, like, tripping over his words and, and, uh, and he was, um, you know, he, he was kind of hoarse with the neck surgery. I assume he was on some kind of pain meds at the time, you know, for the for the surgery. I'm just going to excuse this. To, he took a, way too many pills. Yeah, and right. this was this, this was the medication talking because no, just absolutely just no. <laughs> hey, with that match, we just saw. Dude, he's literally paid to be funny. So there you go. Yeah, that that's our excuse. Gene Norkelin is in the ring now with Bill Shaw, Eric Bischoff, and Muhammad Ali. I said, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me here. I'm not being insulting with my saying this. I'm just stating what I observed with my eyes. But you're about to be insulting. Got it. Well, no, 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 no. I'm just, I said it's kind of sad to me at least to see Muhammad Ali at this point because he's barely moving other than his trembling hands. And he looks like he's half awake. Like he's just not fully there. And he's wearing Coke bottle frame glasses. Because his eyes are just so bad at this point. Uh, Shaw presents a check to Muhammad Ali for the, uh, I guess it was the Muhammad Ali Futures Foundation for, there was a foundation for kids 
uh, or underprivileged kids. And then uh, Eric Bischoff presents him with a commemorative plaque. Ollie just is expressionless. And like I said, it looked like he was barely conscious for this. I just, I don't know. I know why they did it. I'm not saying it was a bad call to have him there, but it just, I don't know. It was a little sad for me seeing him knowing, you know, what he was, you know? Yeah, no, I, I feel you. So, and I'm not, and that's not me I mean, insulting him. It was me. It's, it more sucks to know that that's, bad. that's probably the best he would be actually too. Cause I think it only got worse after that. Yeah. And it, well, in collision in Korea was the next year. And I want to say that's when I think, uh, Ali went with them to North Korea. I want to say, uh, cause Eric Bischoff was talking about that. He said, um, Ali was on something, uh, ma- like some major show before that and he asked eric bischoff he said did you watch it and he said yeah i watched it and he's like uh be honest with me did i embarrass myself and because he was so bad off at that point and eric said it almost made him cry and he was like no muhammad he was like you, you're great you're the greatest of all time you didn't embarrass yourself and so i mean it's sad when you hear that you know i mean ali clearly knew how bad off he was Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. At Total Wine & More, we know what pairs perfectly with summer. Go ahead, test us. What goes best with a beach trip? This crisp rosé. A pool party? Try these craft beers. Oh, you're good. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine & More. Now, back to our program. Getting to something a little more cheery here, I guess, uh, is the main event of the night. Man, uh, God, you are a liberal with that. <laughs> it's Hulk Hogan. He is the uh, WCW World, World Heavyweight Champion. I'll get to the mouthful that is the uh, stipulation here in a minute. But it's Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart and Brother Brutai, the big brother, who's not there throughout the whole match, by the way. He, was, he came to the ring with him, and then I don't know where he went. Uh, but he's taking on the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, with Sensuous Sherry in his corner. It is a steel cage WCW World Heavyweight title retirement match with special guest referee Mr. T. Good Lord, you said a mouthful. I told you. (laughs) Where's my oxygen? Man, Uh, this match went for 19 minutes, 25 seconds. Mr. T panders right away and made me hate him instantly because he comes out wearing a Detroit Red Wings windbreaker and a Detroit Tigers hat. So I think he did the... What's the opposite of endearing yourself <laughs> to, to both you and I with that crap? Especially the Red Wing stuff. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Just you're a Californian. Completely uh, alienated me. Is what he yeah, the Tigers thing is what it made me. I mean, I don't hate the Red Wings. I don't like them, but I don't hate them. It was the Detroit Tigers thing that I was like, F you. For those right. that don't know, I'm an Indians fan. So, And Greg is an A's fan. So, I mean, you can tell by Greg's multiple... Uh, social media handles that is a huge A's fan. But. Still in mourning right now, by the way, so just take it easy on me. <laughs> oh, you guys lose? I haven't yeah. paid attention. <laughs> oh, you guys lose? I don't care. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> no, I just... Uh, I don't know. My Indians were out forever ago, so I don't care. But either That's... way, 
That's fair. Uh, really, is Mr. T from Michigan? I don't or- know. I forgot to look. I meant to do that, actually. And and no, by the way, he's from Chicago. Oh, wait. Michigan. I feel like I knew that. So, shouldn't he be wearing... Uh, I'm pretty uh, sure Blackhawks fans aren't going to like him wearing that. Yeah, they're, pretty ra- be- they're pretty radical fans. Yeah, he needs to be wearing a Blackhawks uh, windbreaker and a White Sox cap, or at least a, a Cubs cap. Either way, I'm going to hate him. But, you know, still, this just... Talk about pandering, man. But the but the crowd absolutely blows their crap for Hulk Hogan, even though the dirt sheet guys are insisting that crowds everywhere are turning on Hogan at this point. They insist. Well, there was a couple of Hogan sucks chance I did catch. Oh, right yeah. before Mister T came out, they were pretty audible. I'm not I'm not denying that there were a few haters out there, but I mean, listen to that freaking ovation. Like, it's not even like the Roman Reigns thing where it's like you can hear audible boos over the cheers. and it Or, you know, it's at least 50-50. But this, no. They, like, it was plain as day. It was tons of cheers. But regardless, uh, getting off that. I don't know if you felt the same way, but when the cage lowered, it looked like the most crackerjack ghetto rig cage of all time. Yep. It looked like it was going to fall apart while it was coming down. Yeah. Uh, Klondike Bill had his work cut out for him. I'll just say that. Do you, do you get the, Cl- the Klondike Bill reference? No. Uh, he he uh, he made all like the cages and everything for uh, oh. WCW, all their equipment. And he's become legend because of Tony Schiavone's podcast. Apparently he was a huge weirdo pervert, and Tony Schiavone loved to hang out with him. Wow. That's, yeah. I didn't need to know that, but okay. Well, it's, yeah, there's uh, some, some stories. But anyway, Mr. T ends up distracting Hogan multiple times, trying to stop him from using cheap tactics on Flair leading you to believe that he's on Flair's side. But, by the way, was it just me, or was Mr. T wearing women's yoga pants? I I didn't catch that. But he was they, wearing that red jacket that kind of was like throwback to Johnny Lawrence and the Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Flair keeps trying to escape, even though he can't win that way. This isn't the WWF. This is a real, this is a real cage match way it's meant to be. You can't win by escaping. Sorry, I had to get my dig in at JR, you know. Remember when JR went on that rant on AEW? Yes. <laughs> Mr. T gets between Flair and Hogan at one point, uh, and Hogan levels Mr. T by accident. Flair then stomps on Mr. T to keep him down. Sherry then tries to climb the cage, and Jimmy Hart goes to pull her down, but ends up pulling her skirt off, which was... I, I don't know if she ever did this in the WWF or anything, but this is actually a reused spot from uh, the WWF lent her and the Macho Man to Memphis one time. And they had a cage match. They did this exact same spot, <laughs> but with Jerry Lawler. Uh, so I was like, ah, so that's just her go-to spot in a cage. She's like, hey, I'm going to go climb the cage. Uh, pants me. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pants me? She's wearing a dress. That- <laughs> dress me. I don't know. Undress me. I, whatever. But she levels uh, Jimmy Hart, tries to climb again, that's, but then uh, Sting stops her. The masked man then comes and takes out Sting with a lead pipe. The biggest effing black lead pipe I've ever seen in my life, by the way. So, Because at first I thought it was a baton. And then they're like, oh, it's a lead pipe. And I'm like, oh, is it? Okay. Uh, Sherry dives off the cage onto Hulk Hogan, which I thought was kind of cool. And then the masked man helps them beat up Hogan before Sherry handcuffs Mr. T to the ring ropes. The masked man leaves, and Hogan eventually does his Superman routine, making his comeback and taking out both Sherry and Flair. He does his big boot to Sherry. Then Flair drops a leg on Flair and wins the match. 
I said this was beyond nuts and hella overbooked. Uh, but it was a retirement match, so whatever. Uncle Dave. Yeah, yeah. Uncle, yeah, I know. Eh, ha ha. But Uncle Dave gave this four and one fourth stars. Good I grief. Gave, I gave it three and a half because I thought it was a, a very entertaining match for as overbooked as it was. By your reactions early on, I'm going to safely assume you gave it a much lower score. What say you? I gave it two. I was leaning towards wow. three, but still, I was like, eh. I was. I, I can't give three stars to a match I laugh at a lot. Sorry. I mean, exception being like a road dog hardcore match. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I and I did laugh at this, and I thought it was extremely overbooked. But at the same time, I don't know. I thought it was entertaining. I enjoyed it. So I don't know how that. I realized it was Ric Flair and Dave. Just like open mouth insert. You know, uh, he uh, was Ric Flair, and he has to pump him up every chance he gets. But like, god dang, four and a four stars. I mean, what some of my notes for this was it was very dramatic, and I really felt like careers were on the line. So I'll give him that. Yeah. Like they really pushed that. Like, I never didn't think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was... It, and, and then uh, Bobby Heenan's crying and everything afterwards. But the post-match here is the big thing. Muhammad Ali and Nick Bockwinkle present the big... Hold on. Belt. Sorry. Before you, can, before you go on, I got to point out, I noticed a lot of the crowd saw Hogan win and then left. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. I just got to point that out because of what we're coming up on. I was like, everybody just took off. Did you catch that? Huh. No, like, I did not. If you go back and watch it, you can see them all leaving after Hogan made the, the, the pin. Wow. I laugh at that now because, like I said, we're about to get to. So go ahead. Yeah. Oh, uh, did, did your fact of the match spoil the, the post-match stuff or did you want me to get the... I, no, no. It just it, This is funny. I didn't think about this, but Hogan and Flair would have a career on the line cage match again at Uncensored 2000. Wow. <laughs> I think <laughs> the stipulation there was only Flair's was on the line. Wow. All right. So well, yeah, it would happen again. So there you go. What was Orig- with Flair? original? Yeah, what was with literally every like every big match Ric Flair was in for like years and years and years was uh, if Flair loses he retires. Yeah, I don't know. I never got it either. I, I think that was the stipulation of his match against uh, Vader. It was the stipulation of this. He did it again multiple times WCW as you talked about. He did it in the WWF. I think he did it in TNA. My gosh. It was just a thing with him. Career must be on the line, or it doesn't matter. Flair must retire. Like, Hogan must pose. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, it sure seems that way. But anyway, uh, yeah, post-match shenanigans here. Muhammad Ali and Nick Bockwinkle present the big gold belt to Hulk Hogan as he celebrates and poses the masked man. Because? Because <laughs> Hogan must pose, pal. Uh, but the masked man then sneaks in behind Hogan with his lead pipe, but Hogan turns around and stops him. He punches him and punches the masked man and takes the mask off to reveal that it's Brother Brutai. Hogan looks shocked and hurt as Brutai begs for forgiveness. Kevin Sullivan and John Tenta then rush the ring and get in there and beat Hogan uh, down. Real quick, <laughs> quick, hold on. First of all, I remember being like really pissed when it was when his brother Brutai. Like I was a kid, I was like throwing a fit. Did you uh, notice, by the way, that they kept saying over and over and over that he just butchered a friendship? And that would be his name going forward, the butcher. Uh, Did you catch that? Uh, I caught. Well, I he said know. it like twelve times. I'm like, good lord, they just really want you to know this is his name going forward. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was. Yeah, I, I have. I have some some 
notes uh, similar to that. Well, like I said, John Tenta comes down still in his earthquake attire, by the way. He's Okay, he, I gotta stop you there, seems- too. Did you notice that they kept saying, do you feel that? The arena's shaking. It's it feels like an avalanche. This is his yeah, debut. This, this, is, this is his debut. How the hell do they know what his name is already? Yeah, Shivani keeps <laughs> saying, the building is beginning to rumble. It's like an avalanche in here. I, what, why is that your go-to? Like, nobody would naturally say, oh, it's rumbling. It must be an avalanche. There are no mountains nearby. Why would it be an avalanche? Wouldn't it be an earthquake? <laughs> you know, you know uh, all that famous Detroit mountains, man? You know, the, yeah. they rival the Himalayas. Well... Tenta hits the earthquake splash on Hogan before Sting rushes in and takes out everyone, making them look like wimps, and then chasing them off. Shivani keeps jackhammering in the words butcher and avalanche into his commentary about these men over and over and over. Yeah. So, and like, yeah, to your point, he said, I I didn't catch the thing about he butchered a friendship, but I caught he kept just throwing it in there. What a butcher. He was like a butcher out there. I'm like, what? Like, that's not even a, that's not even a clever turn of phrase. <laughs> and then he kept, he was like, my god, it was like an avalanche. It's an avalanche in here. That doesn't make sense. Again, it's not even a, a... <laughs> look, there's something, I, I, I don't know, uh, have you ever seen something on YouTube called Honest Trailers, where they basically mock movies? Yeah. Do like a funny trailer? Okay, I used to be obsessed with watching these things. I thought they were hilarious. And there's one they did for Fifty Shades of Grey, and they obviously mocked it mercilessly. And they, they played a clip from the movie where the guy says, or just, the main character says, this is 50 shades of effed up. And the guy, the, the epic voice guy is like, what? That's not even a, a, a popular phrase. How, how does that fit anywhere? You're just jackhammering it in there because of the name of the movie. Yeah. Like, like yep. Just like Dude, right why here. Why are you questioning it? <laughs> this was, ugh, this was so corny and cheesy. And for the last time of the night, I said, LOL, WCW. Yeah, I yeah. Did you realize, by the way, that this was the official formation of the Dungeon of Doom? Oh, is this official? Well, yeah. Look who's out there. I mean, this is sort of the hottest angle in WCW history. Yeah, and I can excuse John Tenta's like, okay, maybe he didn't have another attire to wear, so he just wore his earthquake gear because he's literally wearing his natural disasters attire here. The only thing different is it doesn't say earthquake on it. I think he's wearing a plain singlet right. and the tights. Yeah, the, the trunks. Yeah, because it's it's still got the, uh, the 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 logo on the front, like the the seismograph or whatever it's called. So it's same color scheme, everything. But he would not wear that attire anymore after this. And then he would only be the avalanche for like um like two months, I think, because I think if, if that yeah, yeah, because they were still calling him the avalanche at Starcade, and I think he had to change. I can't remember if he had to change it after that or not, but I, I know he would be the shark after that. Because what what's better than Avalanche? A shark. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I know they were trying to avoid any similarities at all. For God's sake, the shark. All right, let's go into the final ratings here and just. Get this By the way, if he's going to be the Avalanche, shouldn't he have worn like a Yeti suit or something? What? Oh, An actual okay. Yeti, not a mummy. <laughs> yeah, I. I I, I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, could have been that monster from uh, Hoth in, in Empire Strikes Back. The uh, God, I should be writing this the, stuff. The Wampa. <laughs> yeah, the Wampa. <laughs> and they should have just called him that. My God, it's the Wampa. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> That'd been great. Better than the shark. And I'm sticking to that, by the way. 
follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Uh, been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now, back to our program. Final ratings of the Matt era of the night. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this show a thumbs up on Sunday night when it was over, but then he changed his mind with thumbs down a few days later because it was sold as something extraordinary, and he said it ended up actually being just ordinary. Okay, so... Change your opinion after having watched it. Yeah, so, so you're meaning it's to tell like me... like he had an opinion first, went into watching it, and, oh, no. He watched well, it live. Yeah, so you're meaning to tell me he watched it, he had a, he had a reaction to it, and then he sat and he overthought it, and he changed his opinion. Cool. Shock. Right. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I mean, I've heard of people doing that with movies, and I guess it's a valid argument. You know, everybody's different, but I don't know. Either way, IMDb gave this 5.9 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it a 4.9 out of 10. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10, so basically a D. What say you? I gave it a D plus. Yeah, so... Between six, so around six point five, seven, somewhere in there, somewhere in that range. Sure. Yeah, it's just. I mean, don't give me. Look, we did an audible to ninety four. We didn't say it was like amazing. We never once said that. So don't hold us to that. But it was better than ninety three. I think at least it, it, even if it was bad, there was more to talk about, and it wasn't boring. Yeah, this was so, far better actually. As yeah. weird as that sounds. It is what it is, people. But, uh, yeah, that wraps it up. That is our last Halloween Havoc show for the month. We are now moving on. We got two more shows. One of them is a bonus for this month. Our bonus show coming up this Friday is TNA. Okay, let me rephrase that. I hope to have it up by this Friday. It's TNA Bound for Glory 2010. All right. And uh, as far as the actual show for next Wednesday, it will be WWE Raw from 1028. 2002. So that is the show that is main evented by Triple H and Kane in a casket match. Good stuff. 2002 I think is a very underrated year in wrestling history, right? It is. That's when they did the whole brand split. They started it. Yeah. And the came back. And... Yeah, that was all great. Shawn Michaels made his official return to the ring. Elimination Chamber debuted. Yeah. So I mean, it was a lot of good stuff. Obviously, uh, I mean, The birth of Brock Lesnar. Wow, that was a good year. Yeah. It was great. Uh, so there, there was a lot of good stuff around this time. Wasn't The Rock still around doing his, his heel gimmick at this point? No, that was 2003. Ah, okay. So it was shortly before The Rock came back with his his uh, Hollywood Rock gimmick and completely shaved his head. So, But that is coming up on October 28th. I guess since we're so close, I might we might want to tease this at the end of the show. 
just letting you know, next Monday there will be something else because Friday's our bonus show, hopefully. <laughs> next Wednesday <laughs> is the actual podcast. But this uh, coming Monday, you're going to see something else in your feed from us. It's going to be another show. We are starting our own figure wrestling federation. It is called the Main Event Figure Federation, M-E-F-F. Greg is running one show. I'm running another show. My show is called Jacked, and it's spelled with two Ks because I am using my Jacked figures. The stipulations are we have to own them, and I can only use Jacked figures, and Greg can only use Mattel figures. We are having our official draft. We've already recorded it. It's in the can, and it's coming up this Monday, this coming Monday on, uh, on, on your feed. It will be on this feed. And then the next Monday, November 2nd, will be our first official shows. If nobody has heard, uh, what, what do they call it? The Figure Wrestling Federation? Yeah. Okay, that's what uh, the Major Wrestling Figures podcast does. If nobody's heard that. Yeah, they inspired us. We're doing our own take on it, doing it a little differently. Uh, obviously, we're inspired by them, but we were trying to stay somewhat original with it and do our own ideas. We're booking the shows. We're going to give you the rundowns. We're going to do uh, you know music and sound effects and stuff with it. Try to spice it up as much as possible. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll bring that to you on a weekly basis and then we'll have one pay-per-view a month. So you're going to start seeing not only this Wednesday podcast and your monthly bonus show on a Friday, but every Monday we got a new episode of the main event figure federation. Greg is running overdrive on Monday nights. I'm running jacked. And in this fictional world, we're going head to head doing a ratings battle. And then our pay-per-views will go head to head on one Sunday a month. So I know you're hyped about it. I'm hyped about it. It's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Well, I'm gonna stay hyped too. Stay hyped, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't get hyped. I stay hyped. I can't believe we made a Mojo Raleigh reference on the show, but there it is. I can't believe you own a figure of him. Well, hey, I maintain I got him in a bargain bin for five bucks. Don't right? care. So it, hey, doesn't all, If I see a figure I don't have in a bargain bin, I'll most likely buy it. So I, I'm not gonna pass that up. Either way, so that is coming up. The big, exciting things. Podcast is growing. The brand, the main event brand is growing. Follow Greg on Instagram. It's at Main Event Collector. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Main Event underscore Marks. And on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod. All that much more is coming, and we will keep you abreast of everything going on. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm -hmm. And we will see you all next week and this Friday. For TNA Bound for Glory 2010. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 